0: have been planning this weekend of services uh, for some time now, and we're happy that you're here. We know it's sometimes difficult at the end of a, a busy work week and many things going on, but we're happy that each one of you have come tonight, and we pray that the Lord would meet with us and make this a very special time. So we're going to commence our service by singing number 587. The words will be on the screen behind me. And let us stand and praise the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord is the opening line. Oh, let His mercy cheer. He sunder's, He cuts the bands that enthrall, and we are redeemed by His precious blood. Let's stand, please, to worship the Lord. <music> are so precious, to rejoice in the Lord, to be strong in Him, to confide in Him, and the final verse speaks about abiding in the Lord, and with Christ in the vessel of our lives, we're able to go forward, we're able to look at the storm, and we can weigh up the magnitude of it, but we need not fear, because the Lord will carry us through, and we can be thankful for that tonight. Abide in the Lord, secure in his control, his life everlasting begun. To pluck from his hand the weakest, trembling soul, it never, never can be done. Praise God for his sovereign mercy and for the keeping power. Uh, We're bound to Christ with an everlasting covenant. And we can rejoice tonight that we are found in him. Let's sing, please, this final verse. from the sound room that the microphone... We're good now. All right, that's good. We have that. Let's settle our minds and our hearts, please, before the Lord now, and we will ask for His help and the blessing of the Spirit tonight in our service. Father, as we come into Your holy presence tonight... There is joy and thanksgiving in our hearts, and we pray the sound of our voices, the lifting of praise to our great God and Savior. And Lord, you'd be pleased tonight to receive our worship as it is carried by the Spirit's power, and we are enabled as we abide in Christ For we, outside of him and without his power, are unable to do anything. And therefore, Lord, draw near to us this evening. Cleanse our minds and our hearts from anything that would defile or distract us. And draw very, very near to everyone. We are thankful for the arrival of this special weekend of meetings. And, Lord, we have been thinking much and praying much about our time. And I ask that the Savior would be magnified in our gathering, that the Holy Spirit would take the things of Christ and reveal them to our minds, that we will grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior. And dear Father, I pray that Your blessing would be upon Our brother McKee, as he brings the word tonight, we're thankful for their safe arrival here to Canada. May this weekend and the week they're with us be a time of rich spiritual refreshment for them. Dear Father, remember those tonight who are not able to be with us because of sickness or infirmity, some in the hospital, be very, very near to them at this time. Put your hand, we pray, upon Reverend Bodner. Encourage his heart and just bless him in the hospital. Be with my mum tonight. I pray that you would watch over her and bless her at this time. And others who are, are sick and unable to be with us, just pour out a rich blessing on each one of them. Father, we pray that each one of us would know that reviving of the Spirit of God in our own hearts, that we would be quickened by the Spirit, that we would learn what it means to die unto ourselves, that we might live unto righteousness and to the end everlasting life, and the joy of Christ would be our portion. Dear Father, we know there are so many things that would cause us to be cast down, many problems in this world. We ask, dear Father, that you would give us strength and fortitude and spiritual courage to go on. We think of the storm that's looming on the maritime provinces today and tomorrow. We pray for those faithful churches and believers that your watchful care would be upon them to protect them, keep them safe. And dear Father, we pray that in all of these circumstances, it may cause some to turn themselves away from all the things of this life and flee to Christ for salvation. Dear Lord, hear our prayer tonight. Encourage our hearts and bless us now. We ask all these things in Christ's precious name. Amen. Let's praise our God again, number 554, 554, and we'll stand, please, again to sing. Singing is, is well tonight, and we thank God for the joy He gives us of praising His name. Well, in this chorus, it speaks about the height and the depth of mercy, and I want you to really lift it up, and we'll hold that note an extra length uh, to enjoy all the uh, singing that we can give to the Lord tonight. Let's sing this final verse. <laughs> We need this uh, singing crew to be with us on the Lord's Day. Uh, you're doing very well. In fact, I think we should probably rope off these sections every Sunday and cram everyone into the, the center two uh, parts. It's very, very good. I want to welcome you all tonight to our uh, special Friday night meeting. We have been, as I mentioned, planning uh, these services for many months now. And we're very happy to welcome Reverend Ryan McKee and his dear wife Hannah with us for this special weekend and week of meetings. We'll say a little bit more just about introducing our brother uh, before uh, he comes and uh, they come to sing, bring a message in song. But I want to welcome everyone and encourage you. It's very happy to have our sister Hyacinth with us tonight because it's a very special day for our sister it's her birthday on this very day. And so we want to wish her all the very best on this day today. I want to welcome our visitors with us also. We have some folks from our Port Hope congregation. We're very happy that you are here with us. And very happy to, re- to welcome um, Pastor Bowler and his dear wife. They're visiting tonight. We're very happy to have you folks with us. And our brother, Dan Browett. Dan has been away Uh, for vacation for over a month, and we've missed you, Dan, in our services, so we're happy that you're back safe and sound, and I'm sure you're pretty happy to be away from the Maritimes at this time now, too, home, and uh, you're tucked into your own place, and so that's very, very encouraging. Let me ask you to remember a couple of things, please, in your prayers tonight. I was in to see uh, Pastor John Bodner today, He has not been doing well. I got a call from his wife there Sunday night. He had been taken into intensive care and they had to put him on a ventilator because he was not able to breathe. Now, he'd been in the hospital. He had cancer surgery, esophageal cancer surgery. And so there had been some complications there, just wasn't able to breathe. And so he was in his chair today sitting up when I went in to see him, still in intensive care. But uh, he was not really very able to talk and so we had a little time with him just read some scriptures and prayed but do remember him and his wife Dorothy in your prayers and then just uh, last night my mum was taken into the hospital and she had a a bit of a collapse and they weren't Sharon wasn't really sure what was going on so she called the ambulance to come and they took her in she's rallied uh, at this time and doing not too bad but they are going to keep her in for a few days and just do some more testing To find out what exactly you think the problem is so i appreciate your prayers uh, for uh, these folks and of course the other sick ones that we remember every lord's day and we want to keep them before god in prayer uh, tonight as well remember the dinner tomorrow night it's our international dinner and that will be at five o'clock and so please come and If you're have, you bringing dishes with you that are hot ones, well, you want to bring them and then be able to set them on the table or they can be warmed up a little bit in the ovens. But as I mentioned before, we can't uh, do any cooking in the ovens. We just don't have room for that. So you bring the food along and we look forward to having a great time of fellowship tomorrow night. And then at 7 o'clock, around that time anyways, we hope to have an evening service, a little bit different. The men will be going to hear a devotional word from Brother McKee. And then the ladies, Hannah, is going to bring a devotional word to them. And so we're looking forward to that tomorrow night. On the Lord's Day, our Sunday school and Bible classes, 955 for all ages. And that will be going on as normal. And then on 11 o'clock, our morning service and 630, our evening meeting. Monday night is another a special meeting. It's going to be at 7 p.m., and that's when our brother is going to be speaking to our youth and young adults, and I want to encourage everyone uh, to be sure you're out. If you have a friend that uh, maybe is not coming to church, or uh, they might go to a church, but it's a Monday evening, invite them along, and I know they'd be very, very welcome as well. Well, in a few moments, our brother McKee and his wife Hannah, they're going to bring a message in song for us, and then immediately after that, our brother will be coming up to bring the word. We're very happy that he is here to share with us this week. Last year, he was here and speaking in the Port Hope congregation. We enjoyed having him preach also for us in the church here on the Lord's Day and so the elders wanted to invite our brother back to share with us again, and we're very happy about that. He's the pastor of the Muckrefelt Free Presbyterian Church, although that might not be its name, brother. Is that the is that the Calvary, yes. I didn't think it was. A, it's in the city of Macrofelt the town, but it's Calvary Free Presbyterian Church. And uh, so he has been the pastor there for several years. Before him was Reverend William McRae, whom some of the older, old-timers in the congregation might know who that was. But we want to welcome our brother. We're very happy he's here tonight. And also, don't forget that after our meeting this evening, there will be a time of fellowship downstairs. And so everyone is welcome and I hope you'll stay with us after the service tonight. So, folks, uh, right after the service concludes, if you want to just bring a, a closing word of prayer, we have a closing hymn after that, and then I'll close in prayer at the at the very end. So, you folks are please come up now.
1: e
2: more than I had before. Something more than wealth or fame. He gave me something Of sins forgiven Nothing's the same As before My life overflows Since Jesus came And gave me something Worth living for Something more than my yesterdays More- Something worth living
3: for. Well, good evening. It's a privilege to be here in Toronto tonight. We thank you for your warm invitation and welcome. And we trust and pray that the Lord will bless us tonight and over this weekend, and that he will have all the glory as we meet together around his word. I would ask you to turn in God's word tonight to Deuteronomy and the chapter number 10. Uh, I didn't have a theme as such over this weekend as I was preparing the messages, but as I looked over them... Uh, I suppose the theme in a general way could be encouragement from the word of the Lord for the people of God. And I trust and pray that it is tonight uh, an encouragement to your heart as we read some of these verses and and meditate upon them. Because God's word is an encouragement to us. And I trust that through this week and that we will grow closer to the Lord. That even tonight we'll walk out of this meeting different than how we walked in. uh, That whatever needs to be put right will be put right and that we'll have the great joy of hearing the Lord speak to us, saying, this is the way, walk ye in it. I want to read from Deuteronomy chapter 10 and verse number 12. And now, Israel, what doth the Lord thy God require of thee but to fear the Lord thy God, to walk in all his ways, and to love him, And to serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul. To keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes, which I command thee this day for thy good. Behold the heaven and the heaven of heavens is the Lord thy God, the earth also and all that therein is. Only the Lord had a delight in thy fathers to love them, And he chose their seed after them, even you above all people, as it is this day. Circumcise, therefore, the foreskin of your heart and be no more stiff-necked. For the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, a great God, a mighty and a terrible, which regardeth not persons nor taketh reward. He doth execute the judgment of the fatherless and widow, and love of the stranger, in giving him food and raiment. Love ye therefore the stranger, for ye were strangers in the land of Egypt. Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God, him shalt thou serve, and to him shalt thou cleave, and swear by his name. He is thy praise, and he is thy God that hath done for thee these great and terrible things, which thine eyes have seen. Thy fathers went down into Egypt with threescore and ten persons. And now the Lord thy God hath made thee as the stars of heaven for multitude. And then just two more verses, and they're over in the book of Micah, uh, just there toward the end of the Old Testament. The book of Micah and the chapter number 6. Micah and the chapter number six, and we're going to read from verse number six. Wherewith shall I come before the Lord, and by myself before the High God? Shall I come before Him with burnt offerings, with a calf of a year, with calves of a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams? or with ten thousands of rivers of oil. Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He hath showed thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. Amen. We're going to just unite our hearts together in a word of prayer and pray for the Lord's blessing. Our gracious Lord and our loving Heavenly Father, we thank Thee and we praise Thee for the privilege of opening Thy Word this Friday evening and having read it, now to come and meditate upon it. And yet, Lord, we realize we need Thy help to preach the Word, to hear the Word, and to be obedient to it. And I pray, Lord, that even tonight you will empty me of self and of sin. Fill me with thy spirit, I pray. Bless this congregation. May we profit from thy word tonight. And may thy voice be heard. O Lord, speak to us, we pray, far above the voice of any preacher. May we hear the voice that waketh the dead. The voice that leads us in the way eternal. And may tonight we be willing and obedient to be found in the center of thy will. And may the Lord be honored and glorified by what is said and done in this meeting tonight. These things we pray in Jesus' precious and worthy name. Amen. Amen. How does the Lord require the people of God to live? How does he require us to conduct our lives? You know, you could go into a Christian bookstore, bookstore, and pick up many different books that take that question from different angles, some focus on specific areas of doctrine that we must follow, some focus on very practical aspects of the Christian life that we should obey. But if I were to ask you that question tonight, how would you answer me? What is God's will for my life? What is God's purpose for my life? How can I obey him? Twice in our readings, we ask the question, what doth the Lord require of thee? And it's good when we're answering questions such as, like, such as this that affect our walk with the Lord to come to the Word of God. Not to books of man, but come to the Word of God. And I believe we can sum up God's desire for us in this statement. God wants us to go through with him. He wants us to go through with him. Look at verse number 8. He hath showed thee, O man, what is good. And what doth the Lord require of thee but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God? God wants us to obey him, to go through with him, to do what he has called us to do. What does it mean to go through with God? Well, if we are going to go through with God, be obedient to him, it means surrender. It means a surrender, a surrendering of ourselves unto the Lord, unto what God calls us to do in his word. In Romans chapter 12, verse 1, you know the verse well, I'm sure. I beseech ye, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, That you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And our reasonable service, the very least that we can do, is to give ourselves willingly unto the Lord. Lord, what would you have me to do And it is told by commentators that the very tense of the verse that's presented here, that presenting of yourself unto the Lord as a living sacrifice is not a one off thing, but it's a continual thing. It's something that we should do at the start of every day that the Lord gives us. This is a day that the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. We cannot rejoice and be glad in it if we have not first surrendered ourselves unto the Lord, because it's in Him and in obedience to Him. That we find that great joy. We are to surrender to the Lord. Instead of reverencing ourselves and walking in our own ways and loving ourselves first, we ought to put God in the highest place in our thoughts and in our hearts. We should live with an awareness and a resolve to obey him, to seek for his glory and for his best. And therefore, that means laying aside pride. We have to fully rely on the Lord for our needs. It means laying aside your plans to seek his will, knowing that his ways are higher than ours. It means laying aside your authority. Not my will, O Lord, but thine be done. And whenever we think of the word surrender, the flesh will struggle with this. Surrender is not an easy thing. However, we need a surrender of all that we are and all that we have coming before God saying, here am I, use me in the way that thou wilt. Not only does going through with God mean a surrender, but it also must be with sincerity. Many people have said these words, here am I, use me, but it wasn't sincerely. It's easy to say those words. It's easy to sing that hymn, I surrender all, all to thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all, and then just to go away and live your life under your own authority and in your own wisdom. Such language must be coupled with true sincerity. Sincerely desiring God's best, whenever you pray, Whenever you have prayed today, have you sincerely desired God's best for you? Or have you come really seeking for God's blessing on whatever you're going to do? Sincerely determining to honor the Lord. Sincerely dethroning self and enthroning Christ alone. In Joshua 24, verse 14, the command was given, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth. And put ye away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. And therefore this sincerity means a focus alone on the Lord. They were not to have other gods coming in and taking away part of their worship or part of their devotion from the one true and living God. He was to have their heart. They were to be sincere in their coming before him. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 24, as Paul comes to the end of that epistle to the church in Ephesus, he says these words, Grace be with all them that love our Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity. Grace be with all them that love our Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity. There has to be that sincerity. Oh, many say I love the Lord, but sincerity will show in your life. It will not just be words, but it will be actions. Now, the word sincerity is a very interesting word. It literally means to be judged in the sunlight. And it's from a Latin word, sincera, which means without wax. Now, way back in the times of scripture, a rich man or a person of high rank might employ a sculptor to make a bust of his face for a placement in place of public office or even for his home. And as the craftsman would have worked on that uh, finished product, sometimes he made mistakes. Perhaps he was almost finished and the chisel slipped and all of a sudden a part of the nose was chipped off. Now he didn't want to start with a brand new uh, piece of marble. That would have cost him a lot of money. So sometimes he would have got some wax and kind of put it over the floor. And the word actually comes from this meaning. A wise man coming to collect his sculpture from the artist would not pay him until he took it out into the sunlight and examined it in the heat of the day. Otherwise, he might have paid the money, brought it into his house, and with the heat of the house, found it the wax started to melt. And if the sculpt the sculpture was sincere. If it was without wax, then the man got the payment. Whenever we come before the Lord, we come before the presence of the Son of Righteousness. And whenever we come before the Lord, as we come to His Word, as we come to the place of prayer... The righteousness and the holiness of God exposes those things in our lives that are fake. Those things that are not genuine. Those things that are not suitable for a believer. And that's why we must come daily into the presence of the Lord and pray those words, Search me, O Lord, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. You might play the part of a genuine, sincere Christian who's going on with God before others. But it means nothing if it is not a life of sincerity before God. So what does going through with God mean? It means surrender. It means sincerity. But it also means scriptural adherence. Adhering to the word of God. To go through with God is literally to obey his word. So, whatever God declares to be wrong in his word, we must take that as our life, uh, as the instruction of our life that this is wrong. What God declares to be good, we must take it as the instruction of our life that this is good. In other words, we must be in agreement with the word of God, if we are going to go through with God. The man or woman or young person who goes through with God will not try and argue the Bible. They will not try and shape an argument to fit their ideology, but rather they'll bring their life to the Word of God and seek to conform their life to the Scriptures. It's not how close to the world can I get. It's not how close to the world can I walk, but it is how close to the Lord can I be through His precious Word. remember reading of a rich man many years ago was seeking a chauffeur to drive him, and he lived in a quite uh, high place, and there was a dangerous road up to his home, and he asked uh, several people to come for a job interview, and part of the interview was to drive him down the road from his home to the bottom of the mountain, and he wanted to see how good they were and how skillful they were in their driving, and the majority of the men uh, drove very carefully as close as they could to the edge of the mountain and uh, trying to show their skill as they drove this man up and down the mountainside. But none of those men got the job. The man who got the job was the one who stayed the furthest away from the edge of the road. He was in a place of safety. And that's exactly like the child of God. Our job is to stay as far away as possible, from danger, from sin, from those things that will corrupt us, and those things that will mar us, and those things that will cost us, and to stay as close as we can to the Lord. Whenever a person disregards Scripture, they disregard God. And therefore, we must come before the Lord, and to go through with God, we must say, Lord, I'm going to be obedient to thy word. I'm going to be in agreement to thy word, should the world say different, should other believers say different and argue that this is not necessary, Lord, I'm going to obey you. Go through with God. The blessings of obedience and faithfulness are not fully experienced by those who deny God or go against the Lord or go against the word of God. There are Christians today and they're walking around, they're miserable. And they're complaining about everything and everyone and everything's a problem and everyone's a problem and they've no joy and they haven't had for some time. What's the problem? They are not in obedience to the Lord. There's something in their life that they're in disagreement with God about. Something they're holding on to. Some sin they don't think is a big deal. But we must be in scriptural adherence if we are going to go through with God. Secondly, what hinders us from going through with God? What is it that hinders you and I at times from going through with God? Well, I believe the lies of the devil hinder us from going through with God. You know, the devil is so subtle. And maybe you're sitting in this meeting tonight and you think, well, that going through with God and that living in the center of God's will and that living as close to the Lord as you possibly can, that's only for some Christians. That's not for everybody. I'm just a humble person, and I just come and go from church on a Sunday, and that's not for me. That's only for some Christians. That's for the pastor. That's for the missionary. That's for the elders. But the call of God is for all his children to be obedient. He calls us all into that close fellowship and relationship with him. It's not just for the select few, but it's for all. And then some. Believers believe you will lose out when you go through with God. Well, if I allow God to have full control, I'll maybe end up having to do something I don't like doing. You never lose out when you go through with God. God blesses you when you obey him. He is no man's debtor. And you will find that the true blessing is whenever you're living in obedience to him. Maybe tonight you feel that you're no use to God. There's no point in me getting uh, too serious about going through with God. What could I do for the Lord? I'm of no use to the Lord. I've not got many talents. I haven't much money to use. I've nothing that I can bring. You can bring yourself. Some of the greatest blessings to the church of Jesus Christ are people who have never stood in the pulpit. Men and women who have sincerely been prayer warriors. Maybe in the prayer meeting, maybe not even in the prayer meeting, maybe at home. Remember Dr. Paisley saying at the funeral of a lady, she was a great prayer warrior. And the lady's daughter went up to her, uh, went up to Dr. Paisley and said, "Why, why did you say that? My mother has never prayed publicly in a prayer meeting in her life. She goes, no, but she was at every single one. And I know by the life she lived, she lived it because of prayer and through prayer. And he said, I've lost one of the greatest prayer warriors in my church. Never actually prayed publicly, but always prayed. God can use you in your home, as a godly mother or father, in your workplace, as a godly witness, in your school, as a godly teacher or a godly student, godly friend, God can use you. Are you willing to go through with God tonight? Sometimes it's not just the, lazy, the lies of the devil, but it can be the laziness of the flesh. It takes effort and resolve to go through with God. It's not just a desire something that you want to do, but it's deliberate decisions and actions that will honor the Lord. Now, we can be lazy, and maybe already tonight in this meeting, someone has said, well, I'll start tomorrow morning. I'll start tomorrow. I'll wait until next week. Remember in the Bible, procrastination is spoken against, and it's something we all struggle with, There are things that I probably should have done weeks ago that will probably be waiting for me when I get home. But you know what the Bible tells us? Boast not thyself of tomorrow. Now, we often use that as a gospel text, a warning, the unsaved, not to presume upon another time to be saved, but come now while there is time, and rightly so. But we can also apply it to the child of God. Boast not thyself of tomorrow. Oh yes, you say you'll do much in the days to come, but what have you done today? And that's the question. Sometimes the laziness of flesh puts it off until tomorrow, and the reality is we just can't be bothered to start today. Sometimes we can be weary in the work of the Lord, we can be involved in so many things that we're weary and We don't have time almost to spend in God's presence. We don't have time to pray. We don't have time to read. If that's the case, you're too busy. You're too busy. And the labors you're engaged in will become burdensome and tiresome and harsh in their experience. You'll see them as great burdens that you have to endure rather than blessings that you get to be involved in. Sometimes our lives are too busy with many things. And those things are not sinful in themselves but they're given priority over seeking God. And therefore, we're not going through with God. We need to look at our diary, we need to look at our time and see how we spend it. And make sure that we give God his rightful place. I know whenever we think about what must I do today, whenever you get up in the morning, we think I must do this and I must do that. But the first thing that you need to do is meet with God. You need to go through with God. Isaiah forty thirty one says, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And some believers have the mindset, I need to be faithful and strong, and then I'll pray and seek God. But they've got it back to front. I need to pray and seek the Lord in order to be faithful and strong. Some people need to think, well, you know what? I've been maybe in a backslidden state for a period of time. Or I haven't been doing what I ought to be doing for a period of time, so I need to get my life cleaned up and then seek God. No, you need to seek God right now and deal with those things. We need to seek God now. In our weaknesses, seek God. Confess your need to him. Claim the promises of Scripture in his word. God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And there's not one of us here tonight, but we need to be renewed. We need to be revived. And those things happen in the presence of the Lord. You can't revive your heart over here and forget about God. It doesn't work that way. It's in the presence of the Lord we find blessing. We find freedom. It's in the presence of the Lord that we are renewed, we are restored. It's in the presence of the Lord that we are strengthened and excited about the things that he has for us in his presence. I love that verse in the Psalms. In his presence is fullness of joy. We must be in the presence of God Sometimes it is the lies of the devil that hinder us from going through with God. Sometimes the laziness of the flesh. Sometimes it's the lack of spiritual vision. It's the lack of spiritual vision. What do I mean by that? Some believers don't see the danger of not going through with God. They don't seem to realize that disobedience today can lead to indifference and then on to doubt Tomorrow. They don't see the importance of obedience. My prayer is that the Lord will write upon our hearts the importance of obedience, of going through with Him. Him writers said, When we walk with the Lord in the light of His Word, what a glory he sheds on our way. While we do his good will, he abides with us still and with those who will trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. Going through with God, being in His presence, seeking Him in the Word and obeying that Word, it keeps us close to God. It keeps us accountable before God. It keeps us useful in the service of the Lord, because we are clean vessels who have been filled by His Spirit. Keeps us useful in our homes, as godly parents, as godly husband, as godly wife, and in our churches as godly church members, joyful, keeps us joyful, it keeps us wise, it keeps us with a vibrant testimony of what appears to be the easy way out today, by going your own way and rejecting God's will may be looked upon in future days as the first steps that led to backsliding and heartache in your life. Don't think that you're the exception. Don't think you can cut God out in certain areas of your life and prosper. Don't think that somehow you can neglect God and be useful in his service you need to realize that there is danger in walking outside of the will of God. And pray daily that God will put a hedge about you and give you that wisdom and resolve to walk with him, go through with God. My final question tonight, why should we endeavor to go through with God? Why should we endeavor to go through with God? Well, firstly for the glory of God. The catechism asks the question, what is the chief end of man? Man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. Now, should there be no other reasons that I give, but I will give more reasons tonight, but should there be no other reason than this, to glorify God, that would be enough. That would make it worthwhile. This is the greatest reason that the Lord would be glorified. And the Lord has saved us that through us he might get the glory. Now, what do we mean by the Lord being glorified? Well, it doesn't mean that we add to his glory because he is absolute and perfect in his being. But rather than adding to the glory of God, we reflect the glory of God in our lives. We show something of Christ in our lives whenever we live as he lived. Whenever we live according to his word, something of his character may be seen. And I've heard many testimonies of people coming to saving faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And often, often the thing that the Lord uses to work or start the work in their heart is when they see a Christian living an authentic Christian life. They're different in their speech, even in their appearance, in the way that they work, they're honest. And those things stand out in this wicked, dark world. They stand out. They stand a mile out. And whenever we live for the Lord and we go through with God, then God is glorified in our obedience to his word. And then the catechism says, Man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. And that's the order. That's the order. You know, some people will say, When I'm happy and everything in my life is right, then I'll concentrate on the things of God and give God the best. That's not the order. The order is God first. Blessing follows. God first. Blessing follows. Not only do we go through with God for the glory of God, but secondly, for the benefit of the church. For the benefit of the church. I know that in all of our churches, there are going to be those who are not sincere. What a tool that is in the hands of the devil. I've invited people to church before. And I've had the words fired at me, well, so-and-so claims to be a Christian. And look at the way they live. And if that's what the Christian life is, I don't want any part of it. Now, of course, that's not an excuse for that person. Well, it is an excuse, but it's not one that stands because we are not called to look at all other believers. We're called to look at the Lord. He alone will be the perfect one, and he alone is the one who is worthy of our repenting of our sin and putting our faith and trust in the finished work of Christ upon the cross of Calvary. But it is a hindrance. It is a hindrance when you're a hypocrite. It is a hindrance when you claim to be something and then you are another. It is a hindrance whenever you perhaps are the boss in a place of work, and you treat your employees with little respect, you're harsh, you're unfair, and then all of a sudden you're inviting them to come to things in church, and wonder why they do want to come. Another thing that we sometimes see is whenever someone is disgruntled about church, whenever maybe they're not walking with the Lord, and of course in the backslidden state, they start to complain, oh, the minister, oh, he's not good, and the congregation aren't good, and there's nobody good in the church, you know, apart from them, and then they go and complain about the church all the time to their friends, to their family, and then something comes, a mission in the church. Would you like to come out to the mission? Well, nobody wants to come because they complained about the church for the last number of months and years and people have been put off. Christian, how you, how you live affects everybody around you. You have a sphere of influence that I don't have. And I have one that you don't have. And that is so true. It's true in the church. We are saved to be a part of the church, a part of the body of Christ. We are saved to be a blessing, to weep with those that weep, to rejoice with those that rejoice, to pray, to plead together, to support one another, to be united in our stand against sin and for the Lord. You are a gift to the church. And therefore, show the beauty of that gift by going through with God. The greatest blessing in a church, and it's recorded in the epistles of John, I have no greater joy than when my children walk in truth. And the pastor's heart is blessed when he sees that individual sitting in their place on a Sunday. Whenever there's a work to be done, those saying, I'll serve. Whenever they come and they bring others with them, they are living unto the Lord. They're going through with God. They maybe never preached a sermon before, maybe haven't had the opportunity to be involved in many, many things, but they're faithful in their place. And if that brings joy to the heart of the pastor and to the elders, what must it bring to the heart of the Lord? You see, your life will either bless the heart of God or grieve the heart of God. And as a church member, you represent this church. And therefore, you need to go through with God that you will not be a false witness. You will not be one who is a hindrance to people coming here, but you will be one who is a genuine article. Why should we endeavor to go through with God? For the glory of God, for the benefit of the church, for a witness before the world. There are people who will never come into a church, but they'll read your life. You claim to belong to Christ What they get of the gospel, what they get of the Lord, will be through the life that you live. Oh, ensure it's genuine. Ensure it's biblical. Ensure you're going through with God. And then finally, tonight, as we close, why should we endeavor to go through with God? For the blessing of your soul. For the blessing of your soul. It's not wrong to want to be happy. It's not wrong to want joy in your life. God has given us the ability to experience joy and happiness. And anybody with uh, any sense at all would choose joy and happiness rather than misery and sorrow. Somehow we think happiness is getting my own way. Happiness is when I get what I want. How many times in our lives, even as believers, have we desired something? And then we got it and realized, well, you know what? This maybe just wasn't everything I thought it would be. We want something else after that. But I want you to turn with me in closing to Psalm number 40. And in Psalm number 40... We read these words, verse number four. Blessed is that man that maketh the Lord his trust and respecteth not the proud nor such as turn aside to lies. What's this verse saying? Blessed, that means happy. In fact, the word in the Hebrew is plural. Happinesses, many happinesses are found in that man that maketh the Lord his trust. The man or the woman or the young person that, yes, trusts God for salvation, but also trusts that God's ways are best, that also trusts that if I obey this word, blessing will follow. That God's ways are the best ways. God's ways are the blessed ways. And God's ways are the right ways. And perhaps, dear believer, you've lost your focus. Perhaps over the past number of weeks or months, maybe even years, you've been trying to bring joy into your life by doing certain things, getting certain things, achieving certain things, but you've neglected the one thing that is needful. Remember Mary and Martha. Martha was busy working for the Lord. But Mary was doing the one thing that was needful. She was sitting at his feet, in his presence, listening to his word. Joy, true joy, comes whenever Christ has full control. That doesn't mean life will always be easy. There will be trials and temptations. there betimes be times that we cannot understand why we're going through certain circumstances, when we feel weary, or whenever we do not see the light at the end of the tunnel. However, in each of those circumstances, there is the joy of knowing that he will never leave me nor forsake me. There is the joy of knowing that I am in the center of his will. And what he sends, he not only brings me to, but he brings me right through. And there is a joy that I can never fall out of his hand, his care or his keeping. And I can claim the peace of God that passeth all understanding. I've counseled people before. People have been saved for many years. And they come to me and they've sat with tears coming down their face saying, I don't know if I'm saved or not. And I remember saying to one lady in particular, when did you stop reading your Bible and praying? And she looked with amazement, how did you know? I says, you have doubts tonight because you have not been in the presence of the Lord for some time. You've not read the Bible for some time. You've not been walking with the Lord for some time, and therefore you are doubting tonight. We came to Psalm 51, the Psalm of Repentance. We talked through it about that prayer create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew right spirit within me. And maybe there's someone tonight. And within your heart, you know you need to do that. Yes, I'm saved but I'm not enjoying my walk with God because I've stopped walking. Yes, I'm saved, but I'm really not where I ought to be. Yes, I'm saved, but I'm living in disobedience to some part of God's word. You need to pray for cleansing, not for salvation because we're saved eternally, but for cleansing, for that renewal of fellowship, for that joy within your heart. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. And I ask you tonight, have you this day gone through with God? Are you in the place God has called you to be? Are you joyful tonight? Are you joyful in the Lord? If not, I urge you, dear believer, before you leave this meeting, before you go for fellowship, go to the Lord. Just lift your heart in the seat where you sit this Friday night and ask the Lord to restore that fellowship and to give you grace and strength to continue to go through with Him. We want to sing a hymn tonight as we... Bring our time to a close, and the hymn is number 576. 576. Above thine own ambition here, another voice is sounding clear. It is the call of God to thee, O leave thine all and follow me. Will you do that tonight? Will you leave your all upon the altar? Give to God yourself. And the hymn says, the Holy Ghost will do the rest and bring to thee God's very best. We'll stand and worship the Lord with us. And then immediately afterwards, uh, we'll ask the pastor to come. close. <laughs>
0: our brother has brought this word to us. It's been a word to my own heart, and it's always a time for us to think about rededicating of self and life. So often the world creeps in and uh, takes over some things, but I'm thankful for that word our brother has brought tonight. I'm going to ask our, our brother, Pastor Bowler, if he would dismiss us with a word of prayer. And brother, I've got the microphone right here for you. Our dear Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for your word. Thank you for the ministry of the Holy Spirit in our hearts tonight. Thank you for this message that uh, you've given our brothers to share with us. And Lord, I pray as uh, we go our separate ways this evening, uh, that we would go through with God as we've been reminded that we need to do and surrender all that we have to the Lord Jesus Christ who gave his all for us. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, brother. Folks, don't forget about the fellowship time downstairs. Everyone's welcome to join us there.